What's up, everybody? Hold on a second. Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Hey, what's up, everybody? <clears throat> I am back. Um, I it, This is a new episode of Out of Line. I, my name is Nick. I'm back with Andy Hopper. Uh, first time on this show you've been a guest on. Uh, how are you doing today, Andy? Sorry, I don't think my mic was on. Uh, but it helps I'm, the mic on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Appreciate you having me back on your new show. Excited to be here to uh, chop it up with you. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, you know, big college football weekend. Uh, very, uh, very big college football weekend. Uh, big betting weekend coming up. Um, I did terrible with my bets. Um, obviously, the biggest story is the Red River beatdown. Um, Texas totally murdered Oklahoma. Um, it, it was a noon game. It was, let's put it this way. Texas scored 49 points and it was still an under game because Oklahoma was just that bad. So I lost both sides of this bet and a lot of my credibility <laughs> because just a week ago, I literally said, Oklahoma looks like a dumpster fire and I'm not sure Texas is that much better. That was probably like in hindsight, sounds like the person who wrote in the New York Times that television wasn't going to become a very big thing in like the in like the 1930s and that literally happened that's what i sound like the guy who thought television wouldn't become a big thing when i say texas didn't look that much better so i lost both sides of that bet and i absolutely deserved to yeah uh, i took the over in this game and unfortunately yeah one team scores 49 and the other one scores zero uh so like you said it went under so that sucked that i uh, I think I took it as a single, and I think I had it in a parlay that kind of fucked me. But uh, that it is, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, Ewers looks like the real deal. Texas is a completely different team with him uh, on the field. They look pretty scary. I'd be interested to see, uh, you know, kind of what goes on with him the rest of the year if they can keep building momentum. Uh, and then with Oklahoma, it's just back-to-back 30-point losses for the first time in school history. They got a big matchup with a ranked Kansas team uh, at home this weekend, so we'll be interested to see how they bounce back there. But, yeah, it was uh, – normally these games are, are, are 
down to the wire, high, super high scoring by both teams. And that just wasn't the case this year. Pretty surprising outcome. But, you know, the Longhorns did it and they, they, they're trending up. Oklahoma's trending way down. Yeah, I never thought I'd live to see the day that Oklahoma's going to play Kansas and Oklahoma is the unranked team. I never thought that that would I never thought that that would ever happen because Kansas as soon as like two years ago, even last year, arguably was like the joke of the Big 12. They, they were like the Rutgers of the Big 12 for like the longest time. But like now we look at and Texas, I mean, throughout the years, they haven't been a really good team in a long time. I mean, they've won a few big games over the last like they won the Sugar Bowl. It was in the 20 the 2019 Sugar Bowl against Georgia. Um so they've won some big games. They've beaten Oklahoma a few times. But overall, they haven't been that relevant of a team other than beating maybe a much better team. So now now Texas is like, they look like they might be the best team in the Big 12 right now. Now, I don't know that for sure. Now that Quinn Ewers is back, I don't know that for sure. Because we don't know that much about them with Quinn Ewers other than that they almost beat Alabama and that they just destroyed Oklahoma without their quarterback. So we don't know that much about them. But it is worth pondering that Texas might be the best team in the Big 12. And they might be the best team that we've seen in well over the, – the best Texas team that we've, see, that we've seen in like well over a decade. Like since the 2006 team, they, it looks like that they might be. I mean, if you think about it, the, their chances of – now, I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen. I mean, they do have four tough games. The Big 12 is not – it's not a strong conference, but it's not an easy conference. Like there aren't there aren't any games in the Big Twelve that are easy to win, so they might drop a game. But their playoff chances are probably a little bit higher than most people are anticipating. Uh, yeah, I think the Big Twelve is it, it is pretty strong this year. I don't know if I'm automatically crowning Texas the best team in the Big Twelve. Do I think they have? potential to get there yes uh right now i think i got to give that to tcu because i think they're playing better ball than just about anybody uh number one offense in the country averaging over 500 yards a game max duggan uh has looked incredible for them doing it with his legs and with his arm um but uh, texas it's not going to shock me if we see texas in the big 12 championship game uh but right now i think i give it to tcu i think uh how good is Texas? I think their offense is awesome. Obviously, I've been talking up yours. You know, he did miss some time, but he is, when he's played, you know, he's averaging over 200 yards a game. He's thrown six touchdowns to only two interceptions. He's only been sacked one time on the year. Obviously, he's got Bijan Robinson in the backfield, who's electric. Uh, and Xavier Worthy is a hell of a receiver on the outside for uh, that he likes to target. So, I, I think Texas is as good as... Uh, I mean, the only thing in their way is them, in my opinion. They're they're as they can be as good as they uh, as they want to be. I, I truly believe that you know, with some more time, uh, Ewers can be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. I think they really did a did a hell of a job getting him down to Austin uh, from Ohio State when he announced he was transferring. So, um, I, I I'm not going to be honest. I haven't d- dived deep into the rest of the Texas schedule. Obviously, it's big 12 so we know what kind of talent they're going to play I, I do think there are a couple teams that could vie for them I 
uh, for the that top spot. I think Oklahoma State's a little underrated. Uh, I, like I said, TCU. I mean, who knows what Kansas is going to do the rest of the year? Um, Baylor has also been ranked at certain points. They did lose a tough one. I, mean, I think I, Baylor kind of this year. Yeah, they they fucked me uh, yesterday. I had Baylor <laughs> in line in the over. Hey, I just um, took the I, over. I didn't touch that. I didn't touch yeah. the spread. I just took the over. Um, but yeah, Texas. I, I right now TCU, in my opinion, is the best team in the Big Twelve. Uh, but I will not be shocked if it is Texas by the end of the season. Well, let's just, for the record, Texas has to go through Oklahoma State on the road, Kansas State on the road, TCU, and Kansas on the road. So those are all, all four. I mean, they all they also have to, they also play tomorrow, they play Iowa State at home, and they play Baylor at home. So, I mean, Baylor and Iowa, I mean, Iowa State aren't difficult games, really. Um, but you never know. But those four games... I mean, if they drop one of them, that I'm not depending on what else happens. They might not. I mean, they certainly get eliminated from the playoffs based on that. Um, but they, depending on what else happens, they might be eliminated from the Big Twelve championship because so many things could happen. We just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like I said, I don't think it's likely that they make the playoffs. Though I do think it's more likely than you might think, based on. Think about this. The committee purportedly is supposed to take into account injuries when it comes to like evaluating how good teams are, given that their one loss was to Alabama, which is a non-conference game. Even if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt that game, that's not something that's – if you lose to Alabama by one point, that's probably not going to eliminate them anyway, even if they were fully healthy. And then they lost a game against Texas Tech without Quinn Ewers. The committee – I'm not saying that they're definitely going to put them in, but the committee would definitely take that into account. Uh, yeah, they'll absolutely take it into account. Like, but... like they always do. Remember that year Clemson lost to Syracuse and we just forgot about it because they didn't have Kelly Bryant? That it, Because Kelly Bryant got hurt. Same type of thing could happen Could happen with Texas depending on how – Also, it also depends on how they win. Like, are they dominant against these teams? Like, if they dominate all four of these teams coming up, it's very hard for the committee to just overlook that and not put them in the playoffs. Because these are all late-season games, and if they just go on the road and demolish Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Kansas, not many teams would be able to consistently do that. They probably – it is very likely that they get – or at least even if they don't get put in, the committee is truly tested – in a way that they haven't been tested before. Sure. I mean, yeah, they're going to take into consideration they're without their starting quarterback for those two losses, but there's a lot of other teams are going to have to drop some games for, for this to happen. Because even yeah. if, even if they go on this crazy run and you make the argument how much better they are with viewers with versus without, like you're not going to put in a two loss team over, let's say you have, Power five, but I mean, let's say uh, USC wins out, or let's say uh, Michigan or Ohio State wins out. Uh, like I, I just can't see them putting in a two-loss team over. I mean, I'm I'm not sure they'll be an undefeated team at at the season's end, but I'm sure there's going to be a heck of a lot of one-loss teams that will have just as good of a resume as Texas would. Maybe. Um, you're right. Certain things have to happen. You're right. Certain teams have to, teams are going to have to drop games. The point is, my general point is, 
other teams dropping games is still very likely to happen. Like, it's not very likely to me that USC doesn't drop, even if USC ends up winning the Pac-12, which, which we'll get into, even if USC ends up winning the Pac-12, it's very unlikely to me that USC just doesn't drop a game. And yeah. it is very likely that USC ends up with a schedule, with a, with a, a resume very similar to Texas. And you also have to remember, I don't think that there is a massive binary between like a one-loss team and a two-loss team. I think there is a sliding scale of losses, and this is as good of a two-loss team as you can get right now, um, considering that one of them was a non-conference game against Alabama in very early in the season. So that fact alone, I think the committee, I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but I do think they at least should take that into account. And because if they had just lost to Alabama and they hadn't lost to Texas Tech, if they went out, they're easily in. Um, and that they lost to that one Texas Tech team that they, when they didn't have their starting quarterback. So you're not exactly you're not accurately evaluating Texas based on their two losses is my general point. Now, I, I understand you can't say that the games don't count, but are you really but I don't think it's the best way to accurately evaluate the team. Now, right now, they're a two-loss team, but it's very likely that USC ends up a two-loss team. It's very likely that whoever wins the Pac-12 is going to be a two-loss team. We, we don't know yet. All sorts of crazy stuff could happen. Um, I mean, if... Okay, I'll give you a scenario. I mean, okay, to me, it's very unlikely Clemson doesn't win the ACC, and it's very unlikely Clemson doesn't get in. Like, they're probably more like... I don't think they're the best team, but they have a greater likelihood of getting in than anybody. It's almost a lock. It's also almost a lock that whoever wins the Big Ten gets in, and it's almost a lock that whoever wins the SEC gets in. The yeah. question is really about the teams that lose amongst them. Like, if Michigan somehow loses to Penn State and Ohio State, they're obviously not getting in. If Georgia loses to Alabama, for instance, or if Alabama loses to Tennessee and then loses to Georgia – I mean, they're not getting in. So it is certainly possible that Texas gets in. Like, it's not exactly an unfathomable scenario. I'm not saying it's unfathomable. I'm just saying there's a lot of moving pieces and shit that has to right, either right. that has to go perfectly right for Texas and go horribly wrong yeah. for a lot of teams that are ahead of them. I mean, we're talking about the 22nd ranked team in the country right now. Obviously, we've played, I mean, what, it's week seven now? Right. Uh, so there's... There's a ways to go, obviously. They have to win out. They have to win the Big 12 championship, and they need several. Right. They have to win out. Um, They also have to win good. Like, they can't, like, barely beat Baylor at home the last week of the season. I think that also has to happen. So a lot of things have to go in place. I'm just saying if everything goes right with Texas and if I'm evaluating them accurately with Quinn Ewers, which is a lot of ifs, I understand. It's just yeah. something to contemplate. No, yeah, I mean it's a it's a talking point. It's anytime Texas is is good, or we have you know you've seen them because I mean, obviously you remember the early two thousands and just you know the history this program has. 
how how good we've seen that the very top of the top and then kind of how low it really got so now yeah. it's anytime we see a flash or they do something good it's it's the classic is texas back <laughs> it's a it's just a talking point that shows like this uh, sports shows everywhere can well, can kill really, 15 to it's 20 really, minutes on it's really more shows like on espn and then shows like this make fun of it mm-hmm. that's th- th- that would be a little bit more accurate <laughs> um but, you know, we could talk about the Big 12 a little bit. We're kind of going into who wins the Big 12. My pick right now is Texas. Next week, I might look like an idiot. I don't know. Um, your pick is TCU. We'll see what happens. Uh, I didn't, you know, not Oklahoma. So we, we have that <laughs> we, we have that much going. All right. So I, I like Texas. You, you like TCU. Um, I could check the odds on that, actually, on FanDuel. Um, on FanDuel... It is in the Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, Big Ten, SEC. How come there's no Big Twelve winner on here? Well, I do. I do have a, a few. They don't have a Big Twelve winner on Fanduel. That's freaking weird. That's really weird. But I could. I could show you. I could talk to you about. Um, do you know who has? Do you know what Texas's odds are of making the playoffs this year? It's a plus like five thousand or something like that. No, it's like plus, it's plus sixteen hundred. Oh wow! Okay. Then Oregon's a little bit above them. Um, you see, Penn, you um, Tennessee is plus six fifty. So Tennessee is very high actually in terms of their likelihood to make the playoffs. USC is plus two ten. That's a terrible bet, but we can get into that a little later. Um, yeah, for some reason on FanDuel, they don't have – they're not showing a Big 12 conference winner. I don't know. That's a little weird to me. Um, either way, well, I guess we'll see how this happens. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That was the one thing that I needed. Um, the – so uh, you, last week, UCLA handled Utah. They really handled them. Um, I was touting Utah last week. That was stupid. Um, I should have – I should stop disrespecting UCLA because that was the second week in a row that I picked against UCLA. And I will have to say, UCLA proved me wrong. They were a really good team. This is a really good UCLA team. Probably the best UCLA team I've ever watched. Um, Chip Kelly's doing a great job down there. Uh, UCLA is potentially, I mean, they do have a very good defense. They have, either them or Utah have the best defense in the Big Twelve in the uh, Pac-12 right now. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is playing amazing right now. He is – he looks like he might be the best quarterback in the conference. He's playing tremendous football. It, it looks like, given their schedule, I wouldn't write them off. I think that they're another team who has, again, <laughs> a better likelihood of making the playoffs than you think. Sure. Yeah, I mean, like you, I did not trust UCLA throughout the season. I mean – I go back to week two or three where they really struggled with the South Alabama team at home. I think only beating them by one. Um, so I wasn't super sold. I picked against them. It was either two or three weeks in a row. It was, you know, I know I picked Washington. I know I picked Utah last week. And then I doubled down Utah money line live bet. Of course that, and then I, and live bet the spread as well. Uh, yeah. Just props to chip Kelly. 
props to UCLA, Dorian, Dorian Thompson Robinson going for 299 yards and four touchdowns on Saturday. I do still think Utah is a good program. Uh, I kind of like them to upset U, uh, USC this weekend. I know I was just uh, talking up the Trojans a little bit, but this just this coming up this weekend, a game at Utah, it just feels like yeah. one they always steal from the higher rank, higher rank conference opponent. Um, but but speaking of this game, yeah, I, I'm. <laughs> Starting to drink the the Bruins Kool-Aid. We'll see how high they can get uh, in the rankings. We'll see if they keep winning. Uh, The Pac-12 always does seem to kind of eat itself alive uh, with with teams that don't really seem to have any business uh, taking out their playoff contenders. But, I mean, it's it's a little different this year. It seems like, you know, USC, UCLA, at least right now, uh, I think Oregon's still only a one-loss team. Uh, you have potentially three playoff contenders uh, who have, like, I would say, a legit chance to make the playoff if they win their conference championship. Want to hear um, something interesting? Who do you know who has the best odds of winning the Pac-12 this year? Uh, who? You're never going to guess it. I mean, I thought it was. I would have guessed Utah, but no, no, they're like four. That- well, that would have been I. I would have guessed Utah to begin the year. Uh, <clears throat> I guess Oregon. I don't know. Yeah, they I actually have the, Oregon actually has the best odds to win it all this year to win the Pac-12. Probably because of their schedule, they have a bunch of home matchups. I think that might be the biggest reason. Uh, although I mean, like I guess a lot of people wrote off Oregon after after the first week when they got killed by Georgia. There was a little bit of that. Uh, they also should have lost to Washington State, by the way. Uh, but Either way, Oregon actually has the best odds, according uh, as the best odds to actually win the Pac-12. Um, I personally like UCLA to win the Pac-12. I don't. I can US, the thing with USC is that they're a good team. Obviously, I know you were talking them up. I've been talking them up. Um, now maybe I shouldn't doubt them too much because I doubted them last week to cover the spread. Um, but they are playing against Utah and UCLA on the road. Those are two very tough matchups for USC, just based on the style of play and the fact that they're on the road. It's not that USC is bad, but I think in the beginning of the season, a lot of people sort of wrote off the rest of the conference as not good enough and kind of preemptively gave USC the Pac-12 championship. But it's really... I would not pick U.S. Not only do I not think it's clear, not only am I unsure of it, like I wouldn't pick them. Like I, I like that's how I feel about it right now, just based on what my gut is telling me and the type of team that they are. I do find it a little hard to believe they're going to go on the road and beat Utah and UCLA. I find that very hard to believe. I mean, I could, like I said, I, I could see them dropping this game this weekend. Uh, I mean, for me, I mean. I'm not as I'm not as down in the dumps on him as you seem to be right now. But I mean, <laughs> look, I mean, just look at how impressive Caleb Williams has been this year. He has Jordan Addison and Mario Williams as well that are his two favorite targets. I mean, I don't know if you're going to find a better quarterback receiver combo in the Pac-12 over Addison and Williams. That that's just my opinion. Are you taking not taking Bo Nix? <laughs> I know that. Uh, right. 
Thompson Robinson has been impressive this year. I do still think Williams is the better quarterback there. I think Cameron Rising has been super impressive. Uh, he is missing one of his favorite targets for the season uh, in Brent Cuthy. Uh, Dalton Kincaid has done a good job stepping up in that role uh, at tight end for the Utes. But I don't know. I, I think it's going to come down to some of these close matchups. But you are right. I will agree with you. It's I can absolutely see USC dropping one of these matchups on the road. I mean, these are two of the better Pac-12 teams, and they got to go on the road and prove it with the first-year head coach and and all that stuff. Here's the thing. The thing with USC is that, first of all, I think a lot of the hype over USC is that they, they remind me a little bit of an NBA team that just got a bunch of superstars that is hyped up early in the season, kind of like the Lakers have been at times. Like They're kind of like the Lakers of – college football this year when they have a whole bunch of new players and they're supposed to be really good and which by the way is and and they obviously have a a rock star head coach uh so all of that was a big part of the expectations for usc which by the way is a pretty good reason i'm I'm not doubting that as a reason to say that usc is going to be very good but it's worth noting that they haven't really beat anybody that good other than washington state that was a that was a good win i'll give them that um, it's also worth noting that they haven't really had any good road matchups other than, I mean, so far they played two teams on the road, Stanford and Oregon state. They didn't play great in either of those games. I mean, Stanford didn't play very bad. And and we know now Stanford is horrible. Their only win was against a toothpaste brand this year, literally. <laughs> um, so USC, we don't know much. We don't from what we've seen from USC as a road team, they aren't very impressive compared to how they are at home. They're playing two really tough teams. They barely got past Oregon State. So all of that needs to be taken into account. I wouldn't say I'm down in the dumps on USC. I would say I'm more kind of realistic about USC. Now it would be great. Like I'm not anti-USC. I wouldn't mind seeing USC win and you know when the be a really relevant team again. Just like I would like to see Texas be a very relevant team again. I think college football is better when teams like USC are relevant and are one of the best teams. I really do think that. But I don't think they're the best team in the Pac-12. I don't. Just based on what I've seen, I think UCLA is better. Um, I think Utah might be better. Uh, Right now, I mean, I think they're better than everybody. I, I mean, I think they're much better than Washington and Oregon and Washington State. I think they're better than most of the conference. Um, But right now, I, I mean, look, they have a lot of weaknesses that are just that they've been able to hide. Um, Their run defense is not great. I mean, they can get a lot of sacks and interceptions, but their run defense is far from stellar. Uh, UCLA runs the ball a lot. Utah runs the ball a lot. Um, They're, you know, if they get behind, if they're playing from behind, it can be very difficult for them, like against Oregon State. All of that needs to be taken into account when you look at how good USC is. So I'm just calling it now, like, I don't think they're the best team in the Pac-12. Now, they might prove me wrong. That would be nice. Um, I can be wrong. I was wrong. I've been wrong a bunch of times. That's just what I think. So right now, my pick for who wins the Pac-12 is UCLA. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's the what's the classic trope? It's you, you play who's on your schedule. So I, you know, and, you know, that maybe they found it difficult when playing from behind. But if I'm not mistaken, they did win the game. Uh, against Oregon State, so right. I, I'm just trying to evaluate them. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard 
it's hard for me to, I don't know, be like so critical of a team that's, you know, six and zero and top 10 in the country right now. Um, but yeah, I like mean, a lot of teams are six and zero. I don't, I mean, I mean, exactly. It's not, that doesn't make them super special. I'm just saying to this point, they have played well enough to be undefeated. We'll see what happens this weekend and, and the rest of the season. Um, you you are right. UCLA with Zach Charbonnet has one of the best running games, not only in the Pac-12, but in the country. Um, Utah, Cam Rising can run the ball um, as well as their running backs. Dorian Thompson Robinson can run the ball. Uh, I don't know if I'm anointing UCLA the best team uh, in the conference right now. Um, I think they're really good. I, I I mean, for me, it's it. Like I said earlier, it's a three-man race to the top. It's Oregon, it's UCLA, it's USC. Um, if I had to pick... Eh, Utah's up there, too. I mean, they are. They're good. I'd put them firmly at number four, though. I would, the put, conference. I would put Utah ahead of Oregon. I could, I could see that argument. Um, I think that you if know, Utah, Utah and Oregon really... play at a neutral site, Oregon, Utah's probably favored. Sure, sure. Um... Yeah, I mean, Utah, what, they're a couple plays away from beating Florida. Obviously, Rising makes that mistake and throws an interception uh, when they were driving down the field. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Uh, for me, best team in the Pac-12, I am going to give it to USC. I believe in them. All right. Well, I'm, we'll I'm see. giving it to them. We'll see. All right, we'll see. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Alabama. Um, they struggled against Texas A&M. They barely beat, te- they barely beat Texas A&M. Uh, Alabama, I did not expect that last week. I, I expected it to be I expected it to be kind of uh, a blowout. I really did, to be honest. I thought it would be a blowout. It was minus Alabama was favored by 24 points. Then I picked Alabama to cover. <laughs> like that's Alabama yeah. scored a total of 24 points. Yeah. So Last week on From the Stands with Tom and Brian, I said this game wouldn't be close. Alabama was going to crush them. Uh, and then uh, Milrone got the start because Bryce Young was out. He goes, I think, 111 yards. He did have three touchdowns. He did throw an interception, but he just wasn't super impressive. I know Gibbs stepped up in the running game. They do, they, I mean, they do get the win. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I laid, I don't think I actually bet on the game. Uh, but I definitely was not expecting it to be very close. Just from what I've seen from Texas A&M so far, I haven't been as impressed as I thought I would be with how hyped up uh, this team was and their and this incredible recruiting class that they paid millions of dollars for. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think Alabama has just as good a chance as any in to still win the SEC and make the playoff. Um, I think the status for Bryce Young is still up in the air for this weekend. From we'll what see. I understand, he's playing, um, but I could be wrong about that. From what I understand, he's going to be playing. So, I mean, obviously that bodes well for Alabama. You you want your your best guy at, at the most important position uh, playing. Obviously, I, I don't think we should sleep on Tennessee here. They've, they've been super impressive to start the year. They're putting up a lot of points. Uh, Hendon Hooker has been incredible for them. Um the public is just loving the the spread. Tennessee plus seven and a half. They're all over it. I think like eighty to ninety percent of the bets are on Tennessee. Are you uh, sure? Okay. Because for, yeah. for the spread, yes. 
Not, thing, not it's funny hunt. you say that. It's funny you say that because yesterday the spread was seven. Today it went up to eight. I think it got up to nine. It went like way up. But but if everybody's betting on, if everybody's betting on ten, if, if everybody's betting on Tennessee to cover, wouldn't it go down? Or maybe everybody's betting on it now. Looking it up right now. Yeah, Alabama's giving nine, according to ESPN. On FanDuel, it's probably like eight and a half. Action Network has 67% of the bets on Tennessee. Wow. That's crazy. So I, I guess I'll well, – well, we'll get into that later. So, I mean, the question is, it was – there were two really bad play calls right around the same time in two different games – one was the Texas A&M one. The other was, I need to get into this, NC State in the pillow fight conference right now, uh, the ACC. Uh, they barely slid past Florida State. Um, I feel bad for Florida State fans. I actually really do. I'll get into this in a minute. Um, I actually think, I don't know about you, personally, I think the Florida State play call was worse. Florida State absolutely should have won that game. I'm glad they covered the two and a half, but Florida State absolutely should have won that game. Other than... Their win, their first win of the season against LSU, which nobody's very high on LSU now anyway. They've been very underwhelming. Florida State looks like they've gone back to earth. And Florida State really should have won that game. And I I remember I said in the beginning of the season, I want Florida State fans to be able to have this moment and be relevant again. But, I mean, you got to win that game. I mean, there was like 38 seconds left. They go for like a Hail Mary. Even if you score, like, even if you score the touchdown, you have to kick it off and give NC State the ball back. There's a chance that they can go back and win. That, I think, was the worst play call of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy how all the, like, how one specific play seems to affect the outcome of some of these games. One decision, one mistake. Uh, and it completely turns the tide. But, yeah, I, I was never really high on Florida State this year. I, I just wasn't really buying the hype. You beat it down LSU team with a brand-new head coach. Like, I, it just wasn't that impressive to me. Also, they beat them on a missed, what, a missed field goal? Yeah. So, it like, it's the same Florida State we've seen the past it, almost, it was more of an almost, LSU mess up than it was a Florida State win. Exactly. This is the same Florida State team we've seen the past five, six years. They haven't been relevant, in my opinion, since 14 when they won, when they won the title. Uh, like, I, it's just been pretty downhill from there. Essentially, since Jimbo left, uh, it, it, it's been a tough scene uh, at, at Florida State. So... Uh, as far as the ACC goes, I, I mean, Syracuse is having a great year. They, they're really solid defensively. I think Clemson, I think you're right. Clemson probably is far and away the best team in this conference. I'm still, I, I really haven't been sold on Ugalele. I know he's looked a little bit better as the season has gone on, uh, but I really think the defense is the strength uh, of that team. Uh, NC State, a lot of people were high on them. I think Leary might be the best quarterback in the conference. Um, we'll oh, we'll see. I, okay, well, he's hurt. So when he when, when he is playing, I think he's really good. <laughs> um, but this weekend, I know he's not playing. <laughs> but this weekend, he's out. So 
Yeah, I, I think it, it's Clemson's conference to lose. I think Florida State just kind of is what it is at this point. Uh, they're another one of those programs, you know, like we've been talking about with Texas and USC. Like, it probably is better for football when they are, you know, better. And they are a good team. Unfortunately, this year, it seems like uh, a little bit more of the same. Is that maybe Mike Norvell's not the guy? Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I think he's more the guy than a lot of their previous, than like a Willie Taggart is. Um, so, I mean, sure. based on, I'm sure they would have killed to have him uh, four years ago. Um, you're right. I mean, Florida State, it's been downhill for that team J- just for the past like five years or so. Uh, it's, it's been pretty bad. Um, overall, the ACC, I mean, there's a few okay teams in the ACC um, that are only ranked because they're in the ACC. Like if they played tougher schedules, they probably wouldn't be ranked. Uh, the only team, like I said, I think Clemson's the only one that I really like this year. Um, and there's a whole lot of just horrible teams in the ACC this year. Like there's a whole lot of bad teams in the big 10 too, but there's also some really good teams in the big 10. The ACC has Clemson and then, you know, Wake Forest, Florida state, NC state, and then like a whole bunch of and Syracuse. And then like a whole bunch of really bad teams or teams that have really disappointed. Uh, th- so, I mean, if you look at the middle, the bulk of this conference, in bowl games this year, just, just predicting it. I don't feel good about those teams in like against similarly ranked teams within their conferences and other conferences. Like, like I don't feel good about any of those teams playing against them. Like, I don't like, I wouldn't really, other than Clemson, they're the only one who might be. And by the way, Clemson recently within the, within recent years has been a very fortunate team that the ACC has been a rather weak conference that they can play some really bad games and still be undefeated and still, or even lose a game and still get into the playoff. There's a, I mean, that's just how Clemson has been recently. Um, Anyway, so I do want to get into some of the, get into some picks. uh, So for some of the 12 o'clock games for now, Uh, Penn state at Michigan minus seven over under is 49. Last I checked. Um, I like Penn state plus the seven. Uh, Michigan is good. Though I do think these teams are closer than a lot of people think. Uh, this Penn State team is a lot better, is probably the best Penn State team within the Pat, at least since 2016. Um, I think Penn I I think Penn State keeps it close. Uh, and I do think that it's not gonna be too high scoring of a game. So within seven, I think Michigan should be able to win this within seven. Michigan is a very good team, but they're not without weaknesses. And I think Penn State might be able to exploit some of them. So I would take Penn State plus the six plus the seven. Yeah. So Publix on Penn state, it's a little closer than the Tennessee game. So 56% of the bets are on Penn state to cover according to action network. Yes. This is on action network. How do they know this? I I mean, they sports books like release the information like on the amount of tickets that they, (laughs) that they take, you know, on, on one side or whatever. Uh, I mean, They've got percentage of bets, percentage of the money. Like, so, I mean, there could be a higher amount of bets on one side, but there could be, you know, more money backing the other team. Uh, I think Michigan is good. Like, I don't think they're bad, uh, but I mean, they let an Indiana team kind of hang around with them a little bit. Uh, Let's not forget, they also played maybe the weakest non conference schedule in the country. They played three of the worst teams in the FBS. 
in Yukon, Hawaii, and Colorado State. Um, this is at the big house. Obviously, that's a big advantage. Um, I'm going to go with you, though. I, I, I will take Penn State to cover. I think I think they can keep this game within a touchdown. Yeah, I think they can. Um, and, and given the fact that it's probably – I mean, I wouldn't take the under because the thing is, a 49 is a very low under, and I could see it being like a last-minute touchdown that is like a backdoor over. Like, I just wouldn't feel too comfortable taking – Take, taking the under in this game. So I'm not going to touch that part. Um, Auburn at Ole Miss. This is another interesting one. At 15 and a half, depending on what app you're using, it's it changes a little bit. Um, on FanDuel, last I checked, it was, yeah, according to ESPN, it, Ole Miss is giving 15 and a half. Um, I took, I actually didn't touch this game. I just took the first half. I took Auburn in the first half plus eight, I think it was, or something like that. Uh, I wouldn't, I mean, Ole Miss is a good team, but I don't think Auburn is so bad that they can't even be competitive, Uh, though I don't totally trust them. I would also probably go with the under because Ole Miss loves to run the ball a lot. Yeah, I don't trust Auburn at all. I actually do think they are terrible. Um, (laughs) I, I have Ole Miss here. I have them in a parlay, which we'll see here in a little bit, but I adjusted it uh, down to 13 and a half because I think they can win by two touchdowns. I, I do think they're, I do think they're the better team here. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to touch the total. Uh, I just don't, I don't trust Auburn at all. I, I just really do not. That's why I only took them first half. That's why I only took them first half. I don't trust them to be good. Maybe good enough to cover. That's it. Um, I mean, it's worth noting Ole Miss, they can put up a lot of points if they want to. I mean, they did put up 52 against Vanderbilt. Like, like it's, I mean, it's like, it's Vanderbilt. They're not that good, but they could if they, they could if they want to. Um, so that's why I just stuck with Auburn first half, minus eight when I took it. Um, Kansas at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is giving nine. This is huge to me. Now, I know. And the over-under is 62.5. It might be 64 now. 62.5 um, last I checked. I love like here. I love Kansas plus the nine points or the eight and a half points, whatever it is, and the over. Because this game, it's like, I don't think there's a nine-point difference between these two teams. Like, even with Dylan Gabriel back, I mean, they're, pr- they're pretty evenly ranked. Let, let's put it this way. Fully healthy Oklahoma and fully healthy Kansas – Kansas is probably a little bit better. Um, maybe, so I guess at this point with their backup quarterback, Kansas and Oklahoma are probably about even. Oklahoma gets a slight edge because they're at home, obviously. But I don't think this is a nine-point game. I think Kansas could really keep it close against them. Uh, Kansas easily should have at least been able to cover against TCU last week. I threw up, uh, I mean, from that. <laughs> like I wanted to throw up when I saw that. I mean, if Kansas just didn't fumble at the, fumble at the goal line, they, they at least cover that game. Um, so I think Kansas is a good team. I don't think this nine points is justified. Yeah, nine points feels like a lot. Uh, you and everybody else are on Kansas. Over 80% of the bets are on Kansas plus nine, 83%. Uh, this game opened at, at uh, seven. It's now up to nine. 
Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know if Jalen Daniels, the Jayhawks starting quarterback, is playing or not. I know he went down with an injury in the last what game. What I understand he's not. So they'll be with backup Jason Bean, who ha- actually did not look too bad last week. He was their starter last year, so he has some experience. Uh, he's a transfer from North Texas. So we'll see. Uh, this is a huge bounce-back game for Oklahoma. I know as crazy it is to say it's a bounce-back after getting walloped 49 to nothing. But, it, I mean, it is. It's, it's a home game. It's a conference game. It, it, it's a team that you've historically had a lot of success against. Um, and we'll see, like, it's like you said, Dylan Gabriel back. I don't, I don't think I'm going to touch the spread. I'm just going to take the over. I'm going to take over 62 and a half. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense played. Well, now it's up to 64 and a half. I would yeah. still take the over. I did. The, I put this together last night. So okay. last night, so I, yeah, moved. And it, I mean, by, by kickoff tomorrow, it could be higher or lower too. So probably higher because I think everybody just took the over last within like a 24 hour span. Everybody was like, this is clearly over. (laughs) And that's why it it went up two points. Um, Yeah. So I, 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 even with 64 and a half, I still like the over. Uh, I I do like, I still like Kansas and the over. I I think it's going to be a good game. Um, Texas, Iowa state at Texas minus 16. Uh, The over under is 48 and a half. Um, I wouldn't touch the over under in this game, but I do like Texas minus 16. Um, the only reason I wouldn't touch the over-under is because Iowa State doesn't score a lot. They don't score. They're not a good team. Uh, and just just lately, Iowa State hasn't been scoring a lot. So I could see Texas winning, but, like, I could see them winning, like, 30-7 to 7 or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, so I, I wouldn't I – would, if anything, I would go with the under, but I wouldn't touch it. But I do like Texas to kill them. Uh, yeah, I have. I have Texas here. I think they win pretty handily. I think like we were talking earlier, they need to win these games uh, pretty handily. I don't know if they need to be like flashy or whatever, but you know, just go out there and kick some ass. You you said it. I was Iowa State's offense is not very good. They don't they don't score a lot of points. They haven't been too impressive uh, this season so far. 56% of the bets on, on Texas to cover the spread. Uh, the over-under is, is pretty close. 52% on over 48.5, 48% on the under. Um, I am going to take Texas. Well, yeah, I'm going to take them to cover because I have them in that parlay I was talking about earlier. Uh, I adjusted them down to 13.5 as well. I think two touchdowns is pretty reasonable. <laughs> I, Iowa State, within the past three games put up nine points 11 points and 24 points that that was 24 was the best Iowa State did against Baylor at home that was the best Iowa State did in terms of scoring so I mean the last two points they the last two games they averaged 10 points so I don't trust them to score a lot against Texas um I, I would lean toward – I might end up betting. I don't know if I'm going to bet real money on it. I might end up – whenever I say I don't know if I'm going to do something, I always end up doing it, though I didn't initially plan on it. Um, so I'm probably going to take uh, – I'm probably going to take Texas uh, – the, the under. I already bet Texas minus 15 and a half, but I'm probably going to take the under. Um, the other one is – now this this hits close home uh, – this hits uh, home to you. Minnesota at Illinois, they're daring us – to take the under again in this game. Actually, I like the over because I like Illinois' offense. Minnesota's giving six and a half against Illinois. This is going to be 
a classic it's like the most classic Big Ten West thing to have an over under at like 39 and a half. Uh yeah, I mean that was I think last week Illinois Iowa was 38 and a half uh at kickoff <coughs> and the final was 9 to 6. Um I don't know if we're going to be that low scoring in this game. These I mean these are two the, the two top scoring defenses in the country going up against each other. Illinois only allowing 8 points per game, Minnesota only allowing 8.8 points per game. Um but you have two of the top running backs in all of the country going uh, head-to-head. You have Chase Brown, who's leading the country uh, in rushing yards uh, for Illinois, and you have Muhammad Ibrahim, who's, uh, I think, third or fourth uh, in yards uh, for Minnesota. So we'll see how these defenses kind of match up offensively on the Illinois side of the ball. Uh, we still up in the air if starting quarterback Tommy DeVito is going to be playing. Hurt his ankle last week against Iowa. Uh, if he is not able to go, we'll see Art Sitowski, uh, who does have some playing experience. Uh, he, he came in last week and did an okay job. But you could really tell that uh, the Illinois staff just does not have as much confidence in him to throw the ball uh, and make plays as they do in DeVito. Um, but maybe with a week of practice and him getting more time with the ones uh, will be, you know, will be more beneficial. Uh, so I, I don't see Minnesota winning this game by a touchdown. I'm, I'm a homer, but I'm taking Illinois. I think they squeak it out. Um, Illinois money line right now is at plus two twenty five. Um, Forty percent of the money is on Illinois to win. Sixty uh, percent of bets are on. Sixty percent of bets are on Minnesota money line and them to cover the six and a half. Eighty six percent of bets on the under thirty nine and a half. That's all from Action Network. Um, but I, I'm going to be a homer. I'm taking the Illini first ranked. Uh, they're they're ranked for the first time since 2011 uh, at number 24. It's homecoming weekend, and you have a ludicrous concert uh, going on tomorrow night. What's uh, the concert? At, you know, it it's ludicrous. Oh, ludicrous! Literally yeah. ludicrous. He's literally ludicrous. Yeah. Oh, a ludicrous concert. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, who he's actually from uh, Urbana. He lived in Champaign, Urbana until he was like, uh, he was a kid and then he moved to Atlanta. Uh, but yeah, he's coming home. He's doing a concert for homecoming. So Champaign is about to be rocking. Um, and yeah, I'm taking the Illinois for the upset here, technically. Yeah, technically an upset. All right. Um, yeah, I also like Illinois, and and I like the over. Um, I, I just think 39.5 is a very low one, and I don't know. I like to just challenge myself to, like, take the over <laughs> in these games. Like, um, Miami at Virginia Tech, plus seven, although I just checked ESPN. It's plus seven and a half now. Um, I like Miami a lot. Virginia Tech is god-awful. God-awful. At least Miami is – they've shown something. I, I, I They've shown something, Miami. Um, I, I think he is. I think Virginia Tech is just so awful this game. Uh, the over under is 47 and a half. I'm probably not, I'd probably go with under. Um, just because Virginia Tech is Virginia Tech's offense is so bad. Uh, are you going to take this game? I'm probably not going to touch it. Uh, I do think Miami wins. Could see them winning by a touchdown. I, I, have not been sold on Virginia Tech. I'm pretty sure they lost to Old Dominion this year. Yeah. Um, which hasn't been great. Miami's getting 59% of the bets uh, on the spread. People laying seven points. If I were to pick this game, I would take Miami to cover. 
Yeah, I do like Tyler Van Dyke. He played, he threw for like almost 500 yards against UNC. Um, not, not saying much, UNC is not a great team, but whatever you say about UNC, it's even worse about Virginia Tech. So they should, I do like, I do like Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, I don't, I mean, Virginia Tech is just so bad. So the seven, seven and a half, whatever it is, I'll take Miami. Even if Miami doesn't play great, they should be able to beat Virginia Tech by a couple of touchdowns, most likely. Um, Vanderbilt at Georgia, minus 38, over under is 57. I'm not going to touch this game, mainly because I'm not going to watch it. It's just not going to be good. Um, Because there's going to be so many other good games going on at the same time. I'm personally not going to touch it. I would probably go with Georgia minus the 38. Um, But like, like if I were to bet real money on it, but I'm not going to. I'm just... I just think it's a waste. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. uh, You see these big spreads and you don't like laying 38 points. 38 points is a lot of points. Even if it is a very shitty Vanderbilt team going to Athens to play, to play Georgia. If I were to bet it, I, I don't know. I, I, I saw some stat on Twitter where it was like, in college football this year, favorites of four plus four touchdowns or more is hitting at like 60 plus percent clip. Um, if I had to bet this game, I take the over just because I think Georgia's going to score a bunch of points. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily gets a 57 by themselves, but I could see them, you know, putting up 45 or, or in somewhere in the forties and Vanderbilt getting like a garbage time touchdown and a field goal or, or some, something like that. I don't know. Um, if I had to take it, I'd take the over um, maybe like a Georgia first quarter or first half where you can get a smaller number. Uh, Cause I just don't see this being close at all, but I don't know if it laying 38 points. <laughs> well, I mean, even if they win like 42 to 10, like they did against Auburn, mm-hmm. they, they could have dem- They could still demolish them. And, and still, not, not, yeah, like like it's totally plausible to think that that would happen. Um, here's there's a few others that I want to do. Um, obviously, Tennessee at Alabama. We talked about, although now it's more than plus seven. It's like plus eight. Um, last night it was like plus. Now it's let me double check again. It's okay. Yeah, Alabama's giving nine points now. Tennessee at Alabama. I meant to say, I meant to put Alabama at Tennessee. That's my fault. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, minus, uh, hold on a second. Yeah. Alabama at Tennessee, uh, plus like nine, it looks like now plus nine. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, I, I don't think I, I love Tennessee. Like a lot of the public, I love Tennessee. I love Tennessee this game. Uh, Tennessee, I think the thing is Alabama is there's a few things. There's a few elements to to why I like Tennessee. Alabama is not a good road team. They rarely cover on the road, although they did cover a few weeks ago against Arkansas. They rarely cover on the road Um, there. And even when they did cover against Arkansas, they didn't play a very good game against Arkansas. Like they could have like they they were up 20, nothing. And then they gave up 23 straight points and all that. So all of that has to be taken into account. Um, so they haven't really played a very good game on the road in a very long time, I, I would say. Like, they've just been really weak on the road lately. Tennessee has a tremendous offense. 
Hendon Hooker is amazing. He is a running quarterback, which Alabama tends to struggle against. They tend to struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Uh, they have a very good passing game. Alabama's weakness on defense, I would say, is probably their secondary. So that's another thing. Um, and they're pl- so all of those things combined. I don't is Bryce Young playing? Do you know? Because it seems to be up in the air. From what I understand, he is playing. Yeah, I, it seems like, unclear though. Like I mentioned earlier, that seemed like they're going to wait and hold it to the last possible second. He was practicing. Um. So, yeah, I mean, if he plays, I like Bama to win. I don't know. It's like nine does seem like a lot of points in this game. Uh, but I just get so weary when, you know, so many, like the entire public, you know what they say, you just always fade the public, fade the public. You got 68% of the bets are even on Tennessee money line. People are taking plus 270. It's at, I would not do that. <laughs> plus 270 for them to win. They're all over the over 73% of the bets are on over 66 um, I would love to see it upset. Don't get me wrong. I, I would love it if Tennessee won this it would game. Be historic. Um, I just, I just don't know it. You mentioned Alabama sometimes struggle on the road, like they struggle and then they always squeak it out. Like at the end, they always, they always win. They always find a way to win. I'm gonna go Alabama minus uh, the nine. No, 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 no. I. <laughs> Because well, it well, just seems like so many points. Like it opened, I know it opened at 14 and a half, and it's already gone down that much. Yeah. So, I mean, Tennessee has, other than Ohio State, might have the best, has arguably the best offense in the country. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, give me Tennessee to cover. I'll, I'll be a square and go with the public. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, the thing is, I don't care what the public thinks either way. I often think the public is wrong about things, not just in terms of betting, but just about their opinions on these teams in general, I think are often wrong. But sometimes I think the public has a point. And this is the one time that I think the public has a legitimate, it is kind of legit in what they're saying. So I'm going to have to, and by the way, even if Alabama wins, like I, I also like the over, by the way, 66, I could see this being a very high scoring game. Even if like, and, you know, I'll be watching that game and, like, doing the – you know, when you do the math in your head, when you are when you have, like, an over or an under, and you're like, well, if, if, we, if we stay on this track, that means it's going to go over. And then, like, you convince yourself that it's going to happen. <laughs> like, um, that's kind of what uh, – that's, that's going to happen. Um, I think I, – I can see both – I think both teams probably score somewhere in the 30s. That would be my guess. Even if like Alabama wins thirty-eight to thirty-one, I mean that's still a cover. So I mean, they don't. Or if Tennessee has a backdoor, I mean, or if Tennessee has like a backdoor cover when they were losing by a lot more, I mean, it's not unreasonable to think that Tennessee is good enough to stay within two scores. Like, like I think that's reasonable to me, and we wouldn't even hold it that much against Alabama if they go on the road and beat a team like Tennessee by you know, six or seven points. So I, I don't know. That's why I like Tennessee to cover in this game. Oklahoma State at TCU. I'm not, I know you love TCU to win the big 12 and everything. You think TCU is really good. I'm not sold on either of these teams. Certainly not Oklahoma State. They didn't look very good last week against uh, Texas Tech. They, I mean, throughout most of that game, it looked like they were going to lose. And then they ended up taking it off at the very end. So I, I don't love either of them. But, like, I don't love the – like, I'm not touching the spread, but I love the over. Yeah. 
Uh, this definitely feels like an over game. Like I mentioned earlier, TCU's got like the number one offense in the country uh, at the <laughs> at the moment. I'm trying to see, pull this up here. Okay, yeah. So it's even. Like it, it's a split. No, as far, it's, as, as, far as the public goes, yeah, it's fifty. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like on. the spread went down to even. No, no. Okay, no. It started at a pick'em. It opened as a pick'em. Really? Okay. It's now up to obviously TCU's favored by four, but the public is even on this as far as plus four, minus four. They're taking both. Ninety-six percent of the bets are on the over sixty-eight and a half. Only four percent of those are are taking uh, the under here. It feels like an over game. You know, especially what the old trope of the Big 12 was, oh, they never play any defense. There's no defense to the Big 12. But they also have two very good quarterbacks. You have to give them credit for that, too. It's two experienced quarterbacks who have played in this league for a couple years. Spencer Sanders, I don't want to take anything away from him. Um, I I do think he's had his moments where he hasn't looked great, but he's also had other moments where he's just looked outstanding. Um, I'm going to take TCU minus four. I think TCU wins this game. Um, but I think it's going to be close. I think this is going to be a really, really good game of the Big Twelve. Right? No, no, I think so too. Um, Ark. Um, no, I'm not going to. I don't want to do that one. Arkansas at BYU. Um, Wisconsin at Michigan State. I like Wisconsin to cover the seven. Um, the thing is, when Michigan State loses, they always lose by a lot. Like they never lose and then look kind of good. <laughs> like, like we're like keep it close. They always have to lose in this sort of dramatic, we suck kind of fashion. So I really do like Wisconsin to cover the seven. Uh, I know it's just, they're on the road coming off a really good win. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, they fire their, fire their head coach, Paul Christ, and the, you know, they, they get back to their winning ways in terms of coach Jim <laughs> Leonard. Uh, so we will, we'll see um, kind of what happens. I'm going to take Michigan state to cover the spread. I think Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin wins an ugly game. This feels like an ugly uh, Big Ten game to me, with a lot of punts, a lot of running the ball. Yeah, um, very, very Big Ten, very, very Big Ten. The thing is, that might be true. Neither of these teams are very good this year, but I will say, I will keep betting against Michigan State until they until it doesn't work anymore. So I'm just going to keep going on this anti-Michigan State bandwagon because it just feels right for now, and it kept working. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing this because ever since I bet on them, uh, I actually bet on Minnesota, uh, Michigan State to cover against Minnesota. So ever since then, I've just been anti-Michigan State. So I have to keep doing anti-Michigan State until it just doesn't work anymore. Um, Arizona at Washington, minus 14. I like Washington to cover the 14. Arizona's not that good. Uh, Washington's not that good, but they, they're coming off two bad losses on the road. They're at home again. Arizona stinks. I also would take the over at 73, even though that's risky. Yeah, this feels like a get-right game for Washington, a team that I was higher on because I took Michigan State to beat them, <laughs> uh, and they, they proved me wrong and made me look like an idiot. So then they made me look like an idiot again when I bet on them the following couple weeks and they lost. Um, Arizona is they're They're not a very good team. Uh, I'll take, I'll take Washington here to cover the spread. I'm not going to touch the over. Um, yeah, that might be, I, you might feel foolish if you do that. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Washington because just Arizona is just not that they're haven't been good for a few years and it, it is, uh, it's pretty rough. 
Yeah, so LSU at Florida, minus two and a half. Love Florida this game. Um, I think Florida is better than two and a half. I mean, even if Florida doesn't play good, they should be able to cover. They should be able to win by more than a field goal against LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU is really just, it's not their year. And Florida, I do think, is a little underrated. I think they're better than they get credit for. Um, I think realistically, I mean, I know they're not ranked in the top 25, but they're probably a top 25 team realistically. I mean, they might be one of the 25 best teams. I don't think that would be unreasonable. Um, I think they're a much better team than LSU. And I love Anthony Richardson this year. Uh, so I would go with Florida minus two and a half. Uh, yeah, LSU's just been so weird uh, yeah. as, as of late. It's just not what we're used to, especially you know after that 2019 team with how electric they were and, and just – you didn't it was the best how, team I've ever watched. Yeah, it was just you didn't realize how low it could get after that. I mean, um, the thing I, with LSU is that they haven't really done anything good this year. Yeah. Other than beat Mississippi State. Like, that was about it. Yeah. I'm going to take Florida here. They're at home. The Swamp's a tough place to play. Two and a half doesn't seem like an unreasonable number. I think they could easily win this by, <laughs> excuse me, by a field goal. 54% of the money's on, on Florida cover, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. Uh, I'll take Florida. Yeah, yeah. And LSU, they're, they're not a good road team. They barely beat Auburn. I mean, it, it's just, I really do like Florida. Uh, another one I really love is uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky. I think uh, Kentucky is getting, wait, let me double check. Kentucky is getting four. I think, yeah, they're getting four. Yeah, Will Levis is back after missing last week and then dropping that ugly game to South Carolina. Uh, At home, Mississippi State's coming off just a beatdown of Arkansas. Arkansas was missing K.J. Jefferson. Um, I don't know. Will Rogers has looked really good this year. He throws the shit out of the ball. Um, Obviously, that's Mike Leach's air raid system. I think Mississippi State goes on the road. I think they they get the win here. I think they take out Kentucky. I know uh, a lot of people were really high on Kentucky. I love Kentucky. Will Levis is playing. Yeah. I mean, he is playing. He's back. Is he fully 100%? Um, I don't know. We'll see if he has any limitation throwing the ball after his finger looked like that. Um, But I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to go Mississippi State. Road win here. All right. Well, I'm going Kentucky. Not just the plus four, but to win outright. Um, we kind of talked about this before, but USC at Utah minus three and a half. Like I said before, I love Utah. I think they can exploit USC's weakness. I'm taking the minus three and a half. I'm not going to touch the over under. You never know with these defenses. They're a little bit unpredictable, but overall, I like the US overall. I like Utah minus three and a half. Uh, I like Utah to win the game. I like USC to cover the spread. Uh, I this feels like a whoever has the ball last type of game to me. Yeah. That's reasonable. That's fully reasonable. Um, and then I do want to do uh, one more game. Stanford, uh, Stanford at Notre Dame minus sixteen and a half. To be, I will give Notre Dame some credit. They've gotten a lot better since they've been like a laughing stock since they lost to Marshall. Um, but overall, I think Stanford is sneaky, like a team that can sort of compete against teams better than them. I, I like. I actually kind of like Stanford. I can't believe I'm saying this, and I made fun of them before, but I think they might actually be able to cover. 
So I would actually go with Stanford plus a 16 and a half. Yeah, it feels like a lot of points. Um, I know Notre Dame's kind of found their groove a little bit. They've won their last three games. Um, feeling a little bit better about themselves after, you know, the rough start to the season. I don't know if I'm going to touch the spread here. I'm going to take the under. I'll go under 54 and a half. All right. Um, all right. So now we, we're up to a new episode of unnecessary, a new edition of Unnecessary Wagers. Uh, where each of us make a, an unnecessary wager. You're actually the first guest to participate in this uh, in in, in this uh, segment. Uh, so I'll do yours first. Uh, yeah. So a couple games that we talked about. So uh, Ole Miss minus thirteen and a half moved that from fifteen and a half. Uh, I feel like. 14, I mean, two touchdowns is reasonable. I know it's a conference matchup, but they're at home against a bad Auburn team. Uh, similar thing with Texas. They were at 15 and a half, moved them down to 13 and a half. To, uh, I think they can beat this Iowa State team by two touchdowns pretty easily at home. Uh, James Madison, uh, they are rolling. They're five games into their FBS career, and they're already ranked number 25 in the nation. Uh, they're going down to Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, they, they did upset Nebraska uh, earlier this year, but I don't believe they have won a game since. Uh, I'm going to go with James Madison. I moved that from, I believe it's at 11.5 or 12, down to 9.5. I think 10 points is pretty reasonable. And then Kansas and Oklahoma, over 64. Uh, we talked about that earlier. I know the public is all over the over, but I do, I mean, I just don't see these defenses stopping uh, each other too much. So it's plus 865. I'm going to throw 10 bucks on it to win 86. Why not? Um, but yeah, that is my unnecessary wager of the week. Mine was even more unnecessary. Um, I took Mrs. I took Ole Miss money a lot. I mean, it's very greasy. A lot of these are very like easy to hit. Uh, Mississippi money line, Texas minus four and a half. All, all, so Ole Miss, Texas, those are pretty easy ones. Uh, over 39 and a half Minnesota, Illinois, over 64 and a half Kansas at Oklahoma. Like I said, Oklahoma probably gives up at least 30 points. So, I mean, now that they have their quarterback back, they should at least be able to be competitive uh, in terms of their offense. Like, like they weren't covering the overs in this, in these games because Oklahoma wasn't scoring, but their defense consistently gives up like 40 plus points a game. So like even by conservative estimation, even by a conservative estimate, this game should go over. Um, Miami money line, uh, Maryland money line, both pretty easy. Florida minus uh, Florida, basically Florida money line minus a half a point in first half spread um, first half and Kentucky money line plus 142. So this was $10 to win like 400. Nice. I might wake up tomorrow and notice that I lost. <laughs> Which very often happens. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for coming on today, Andy. Um, I'll be back next week for another episode of Out of Line. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, everybody. Um, and enjoy the games. And if you're betting, good luck on your bets.